welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Catherine Ingram. The following was excerpted from a Zoom session of Dharma Dialogues broadcast from Australia on September 20th, 2020. It's called Just Being. I invite you to join us for any of the upcoming Zoom sessions, which will now be held at two different times on the first weekend of each month to accommodate most time zones in the world. And I wanted to mention for those in a position to give a year-end donation, our organization, Living Dharma, is tax-deductible in the USA, and we would be grateful for your help, especially this year. The donation button is on each page of our website, katherineingram.com. Last night, we sat again with the mountain in India. Our dear friend Noah is there. For those of you who are on the call for the first time, um, Noah is in India for just a little longer, and he's at uh, Tiruvalumnai, where the mountain Arunachala is, and where Ramana Maharshi um, spent his days and died there. And it's a place that is considered, it is revered by by people who love the most essential dharma, that is the the gratitude in simply being and in being immersed in that simplicity. You know, we we are really conceptual creatures, these humans that we are. We're thinking animals. We just think, think, think. And a lot of the, a lot of the, focus of the thinking is I like and I don't like. A lot of the fixation, that's what's going, that's the subtext of all the thinking, pretty much. There's some categories of insight and inspiration and love and creativity, but a lot of the thinking is all this tempest in a teacup, as Shakespeare so aptly put it. And the message that Ramana Maharshi extended to us is about living just in this quietness of heart. It doesn't mean that you don't engage or that you don't speak or that you don't sing or laugh or show up, but that you reserve some portion of your attention to be immersed in what he called the self, the self that is just being. And we all know those moments because we, we treasure them when we have them. We treasure them when we experience those. But somehow we forget to choose them. We forget to choose them. We go along on the conditioned uh, mental programming that's being battered about. I like that. I don't like that. I want that. Let's get to that. Or some big story of remorse and regret and future tripping. Also, fears about the future or fantasies. But we're living in the treasure. We're living in the treasure all the time. 
and we overlook it. So the message, so this is our last day that we get to sit with the mountain because Noah's going to be going back to New York soon. The message is to really be as often as you can. You don't have to be there every minute of the day to have a very reformed experience of life. As often as you can to be immersed in this simplicity of being just here, just this, just hearing these words, just tasting your tea, just looking at the sky. Simple, simple, simple. You're already living as the treasure. The treasure isn't hidden from you. So that said, I think here's Noah. Hmm. Love hearing the roosters crowing there in India, Noah. <laughs> Definitely takes me down the corridors of memory to, to many, many mornings, many, many dawns in India. <laughs> mm. Thank you. I know that a few people on this call are on the West Coast. And also a few people, a couple of people are in Australia. And we have all experienced fires, uh, big fires. And even a few people on the East Coast have experienced uh, the threats of hurricanes and, and some flooding and so on. We are experiencing more climate catastrophes and they're coming more frequently. And naturally, People feel frightened in the presence of those kinds of threats. When you're actually in a room in which it's so smoky that it's hurting to breathe, there's nothing else you can kind of think about. When every breath is telling you that this is dangerous. So naturally fear arises. We're human animals, it's very much conditioned and programmed in, and it's there for a good reason, actually, because often that prompts you to try to get out of danger. Now, in the case of the entire region being filled with smoke and there being really nowhere to go, the way that you have to then try to get out of danger is to be in a situation in a room where the air is more pure. And of course, a lot of people have air filters and all of that. But there are circumstances that we find ourselves in that we, we don't have other options, and therefore fear arises. Now, managing fear is a whole, it's a, it's a real study, and there's lots of things written and spoken about that. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that idea, except to acknowledge that, of course, fear arises. It arises for very good reasons. It's 
It arises because there's a threat. What's important, I think, is to not keep triggering the fear when the fear ha- when the situation has abated. In other words, when you've finally gotten into clean air or when the rains come and clean the sky, right? It's important for us to live our lives not in fear, despite the fact that things are getting more, becoming more troubling. It's true, they are. But we have to keep living in the immersion of being and in gratitude for that. We all, we all faced death, no matter what. We all have an end date. And sometimes in these kinds of circumstances, it reminds us, of course, in a much more powerful and clear way. But it's not as if once that threat passes, we're off the hook. We're not. So it's really important to not miss your precious life, the moments of your precious life. I spoke about this quite a bit last night. Not use up those moments, worried about something that's gonna maybe happen. Be immersed. And not demand of yourself some kind of way that you're not allowed to fear, feel fear, not to have any sort of spiritual pretensions. Sometimes you feel fear, of course you do. We all do, it's encoded. The question is, do you, do you need to be feeling fear when the threat is not imminent? Right? Do you need to just be imagining things? No, you don't. Now, obviously, if something is coming and you see you could do something and take some precautions or you know, mitigate the circumstance, yes, if there's something you can do, by all means do it. But to spend any moments just paralyzed with dread, anxiety, depression, when you still have your good days, that's a waste. There's nothing morally wrong with it, but it's just, it's a a shame. There's a possibility of coming to terms with the true the truth of impermanence, such that it leaves you in a great freedom. Like when you really get it, you're pretty home free. And I've heard this from so many people who were in hospice or were terminally ill in various ways and then died. I've heard it, I'm very convinced because I've heard it so many times and I feel it to some degree myself. I feel a kind of strange new freedom. It's not like what I thought. 
it's not it's not the sort of imaginings that I had as a younger person about what a spiritual freedom might be. It's different than that. It's it's more like I've been cut loose, untethered from the bonds of my future projects and the future pictures and any kind of presentation. It's that kind of freedom. Yeah, thank you, Catherine. Um, yeah, I, I guess um, living in the treasure of time, um, you know, these calls for me are, you know, a kind of a, an opportunity, I think, just to stop and to be in that space, um, you know, and I really appreciate that. Uh, hence, um, my eagerness to be on both calls. It's <laughs> um, amazing it's, you're able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of really worth. Well, it is worth it to me. It's it's it. It just absolutely makes sense to me to uh, the the earlier call. Um, you know, is at ten a.m. our time, so that's. That's um, an easy one. This one is at 1 a.m. Um, and, you, you know, it's just, uh, it feels just really great to to be able to um, join both calls. And they're different. They feel yes. different. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I, I think of them as like the, the first one is more the, the European crowd uh, with a couple of exceptions. And then this one is more the American crowd with a couple of exceptions. So Definitely. Yeah. You know, I think for me, it's, you know, this is this is just the perfect example of living in the treasure of time. Um, you know, during these months, which are very challenging, um, you know, um, I, my position is that I work full time and I'm working harder than I've ever had to work. Um, and so getting the balance is a real challenge um, at the moment. Um, um, just getting the balance in my day is is a, is a big challenge in terms of, shutting off from work and tuning into, you know, into the more quiet space within myself, really, to resource myself. So that's, a, that is quite a challenge. And it's, you know, in recent weeks, it's become more challenging. And I think as we deepen into this COVID experience here, we've just gone into, in Dublin here in Ireland, we've just gone into um, what's called level three. Um, it's not complete lockdown, but it's, more um more restrictions than any other part of the country and that just kicked in last night and so there's something just about um the the restrictions that are imposed from outside and i know that's very different to i can't imagine um living in a space or living in a place where you know the air is so thick with smoke and all of that. And we were hearing a bit about that on the other call. And I, I, I can't imagine it. I think it must be horrendous. Um, and then there's the, you know, I suppose that that poses a restriction as, and the restriction that that we're kind of living in, I think here in Dublin, I was with my family earlier on. I'm, I'm very blessed because I'm, I'm quite close in proximity to, to my mother and sister and, and um, nephew, which is a real um resource um and we, we call ourselves a bubble i don't know if you're using the, that expression yeah. 
where yes. you are, but we're a bubble. There's five of us in this bubble and I'm so grateful for it. And I feel very lucky that I spent the afternoon with my mother. You know, it's, you know, so I suppose it's just finding the treasure and just holding it for a while, yes. you know, and then having to kind of go back into the, the madness, you know, and um, I was with the other piece that I'm really struck with and, and the, it was in the other call too, is the truth, you know, living in the truth and with the truth. And, and again, I don't know if it's, it's just the busyness of, of my world at the moment in terms of work. Um, but it's hard, you know, I find it a real challenge because I'm not working with people who are the kind of people I can sit and have a, you know, a physical distance coffee with and talk about what really matters. It's all this getting caught up in all of this, you know, yeah. panic and restriction and consequences and fear, actually. Fear, exactly, yeah. exactly. But you really hit it in terms of the kind of oscillation that happens with yeah. being in moments of just the pure gratitude and tenderness of life. Mm. And then, of course, the old conditioning can flood in. And especially if you're in conversation with people who, who are immersed in the old conditioning and in fear and so on, it's catchy. Um, but to that oscillation is just normal, as, as far as I can tell. It's to not expect some permanent state of all is fine and all is well. But that one visits that a lot until it's more the habit, it's the shape-shifting of the sand dune. It's more the habit that you're spending a lot of time just being just simple, just in gratitude, just cruising along. And there's lots of moments as well when you're reminded through the news media, um, you know, and through the fear that's running about in the cultures and through in circumstances like you've just experienced with Dublin locking down again to a greater degree than it had just been. I mean, what I, what I keep experiencing when these lockdowns recur is kind of, I feel thankful because it's better than letting the disease run rampant such that we can't get it under control. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's, uh, it's better when the lockdown occurs but it's amazing how few people can kind of think three steps ahead it's sort of like oh this is an inconvenience to me oh this is terrible for me oh I had all these plans you know and it's not like we're being called upon to like in wartime to live on rations and go into air shelters at night like James on the call who's with us very um, we're very honored to have someone who actually did live through the London Blitz he he did say on one of the calls, and I know you heard it, Rachel, but for others, you know, he did say that this reminds him of that time in terms of uncertainty, a feeling of uncertainty that we're now living with. But we're not, for the most part, most of us are not having to go into air raids at night, <laughs> I mean, into air shelters at night and scratching for food, you know, so it's not that hard. And so to really enjoy the treasures mm. and to know that, yeah, sometimes one has moments of depression. Mm. One has moments of, you know, waves of anxiety, flutters, flutters of anxiety. You get hit with a piece of news. Those kinds of things, they happen. Mm. And 
we're resilient. We, we're resilient. We keep adjusting. Mm. Mm. We so, do. And yeah, just, just to finish with my piece there, I mean, and just the value of this community, you know, people, you know, who I've met, some of who I've met, like Debray, and, uh, you know, it's wonderful, um, you know, to connect in with in this way. And then others, you know, that I haven't. And I do find myself regularly, you know, and again, a real treasure for me is taking myself, if, if you like, in my quieter moments, you know, um, off to Italy, you know, in my, you know, just, just imagining even, even for me, as it happened this evening, I did actually get a couple of hours sleep before this, this call. And, and it felt like something we might do when we're in Italy, you know, it's like yes. to go stargazing or something, you know. It's yes, like yes, we, my we do that. Yes. that sort of frame of mind. And I find that, you know, it's almost like a comfort blanket. It's like something really familiar and being with my tribe, you yes. know. And, and yes. I get a tremendous amount of, um, you know, uh, resource from that, really. It really builds up some resilience. So, again, I, just, I know. Just, uh, that is the power of those retreats is that yeah. they, they create an entrainment. And I have it too, you know, it's sort of like my version of heaven, (laughs) you know, it's sort of like those those times in Italy that we've had at those retreats, Yes, everything about it has a kind of heavenly component. And, and, uh, and I feel that that does give something that sustains us. It does, whether we get to do it again or not. And I'm very open to doing it. If ever we can do it safely, uh, that's definitely my number one on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly we're going to try to do that if possible. And it may not be, in which case we will live with gratitude for those memories and let them inform us. And just like you, have a certain sense of of, of little uh, flashes of it, like little entrainments that have been little... little um programs that have embedded embedded themselves in the mind and heart yeah beautiful thank you so Noah's coming home and last night we were all talking and um I was saying how we've moved our business we have a family business as you know and we've moved our business into our home and we were talking about him coming home and, and all the things and how everything's changed. And, um, and we were, we were talking about, um, I was talking about worry and how in our family business and the stress of it, we were always, we've always been worried, you know, like worried about like the future and the business and what's going to happen. And, um, and I was telling Noah how here we are, we're, we're in our home and we've had to surrender because we have no business. So all of the things that we spent all of our time worrying about, it's pointless. <laughs> and so, you know, it's all pointless. And it's so incredible how this catastrophe has just forced us to live the treasure, you know, and like just what you're talking about and the fear and the worry and, and, um, all that energy. And there's, I feel such a sense of peace that I've never felt in my whole life. Um, and, but I've been forced to look at that, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have 
been objective. And I mean, there are, I have moments of objectivity, but there's somehow um, just having to be in this situation and, you know, not, there's nothing we can do. We have no control. But then I realized I've never had any control. Yes, right. But I love, I love your, I love what you're saying, and I so resonate. I, and I was, of course, thinking about Janis Joplin singing, "Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I have so often in my life had situations over, over the long course of my life where suddenly I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, it's down to nothing. I'm like kind of a refugee, you know. And there has been this strange, crazy freedom in it. I, I do feel a slight oppression owning a house, actually. Yeah. It is a way in which I, there's a line I read many, many years ago. We are possessed by our possessions. Yeah. You know, we're taking care of them. We're fretting over them. They're constantly, you know, falling apart here and there. You're just pouring money into it and so on. And, and of course, it gives, I love having a home. I don't deny that. But it is interesting when you do come to that moment of just like the, the path ahead is, is completely unknown. And there is something very freeing about that. And it is to this point of a different kind of freedom than what we thought freedom was, you know? Yeah. Another story that's coming to tell just quickly. My dad, and I know uh, my, my niece is on the call and I think maybe my sister-in-law is listening in. Um, my dad was quite a go-getter in life. I mean, just to, a, a big manifester, you know, businesses, wealthy, just, you know, he, was, he had his own plane. He was just all over. He was really ate life. He was very big on the good life. But there was a Halloween party we had once. And my dad came as a hobo. And I always think that people on Halloween, like they dress up in their secret id, you know, they're sort of like, <laughs> I always go as a hippie, which isn't that big a secret. But anyway, um, but my dad dressed up as a hobo and I have never seen him have more fun. <laughs> Something just went wild in him and he was just, he was funny and fun and he's just, he was just having a blast. And I never forgot it. I just, I, I always thought when I, he's dead now, but I always thought, oh, you know, <laughs> too bad you get to play that one out more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's really it. I mean, it, this call, we're hearing versions of this is despite the difficulties, despite the fact that there is hardship in this of various forms. Mm-hmm. But there's also our, our lives are, are flowing along here. This, these are your precious days. You don't get any one of them back. My question is, I, you know, I'm in 12-step programs, as you know, and some of the people I'm having conflict with, and I have to, and they just, like, I've got three or four people that have just cut me off. They don't want to, like, and I, I have to remember that we're all in a pandemic, that we're all kind of going through this quiet trauma, if you will, 
Yeah, I'd say the flip side, the flip side of the fact, and that's why I kind of made, I qualified it, that it's not across the board that everybody is so sweet and tender. The flip side is that people are so stressed and anxious Mm -hmm. that there's also a lot of anger running around, you know, that people are, people's fuses are short. Um, So there's both. There's, there's some people are moving a lot into just kind of a a feeling of, of unity right? Uh, That we are all in this together and other people are not at that point. They're, they're in a different point. They're in a a, a high stress point and they're very agitated. So we have to be very aware of that with dealing with people, right? We have to be aware. We don't know on which side of that spectrum they're hanging out. So yes, it just kind of you know, do your best and try to offer understanding. And if you're finding there's something that's feeling uh, off and agitating in a conversation, then be quiet, (laughs) you know, just withdraw. You don't have to win any big battles. So, yeah. Thank you for reminding Uh, me that if I can forgive myself, I'm going to be more compassionate with others. Yes, of course. Yeah, right. I think you just reminded yourself that. I didn't exactly say it just then, but I have said it other times. (laughs) I'm here and um, I live in California and have been sitting in smoke as well um, as everyone else and also a huge heat wave right before the fires. And, um, and, what what I'm thinking about now is that during that time where you, you know, you're in the present moment, you're trying to stay in the present moment and being pulled by discomfort and fear of what's coming and all of that stuff. What I found myself coming back to is just this tender self-care mm-hmm. that was new. You know, like I'm going to keep a towel around my neck. I'm going to keep right. all of the ways that I could just really love myself and then that extended out to the people around me as well because mm-hmm. everyone you know as we've talked about before you know that our anxiety gets triggered um and it's off and running and uh, then our bodies react and so if we could just be tender with each other I found that was the way to get through with it very with, good um just Absolutely. giving giving each other a lot of space for the, all those short tempers and coming back to love, you know, um, mm-hmm. and thinking yeah. of it as practice because this isn't going to go away. Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. I love that. It's very, very good. The self-care part is very important, especially in circumstances that are actually physically stressful, like overheating and breathing smoke. So yes, super important to do as much self-care in those in those situations as you possibly can. And you know, back to the issue about people's short tempers and difficulties, even among people that we we know and love, our friends and family. I'm reminded of, of a technique in, in in Buddhism that apparently the Buddha had recommended is in moments like that to give the person a gift. It can be a small gift or it can be, it doesn't have to be an actual thing. It could be just some, some small kindness mm-hmm. in the midst of a difficulty like that, even though, though part of you doesn't want to. 
or imagine them giving you a gift or doing a small kindness for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those, those can help mitigate That's- feelings of agitation in the moment. Yeah, um, and it creates connection instead of estrangement. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to employ lots of these kinds of tools because uh, there's not really any signs that things are going to get cheerier uh, as we go in terms of these threats that we're now facing on so many levels. So, you know, we have to be strong we have to just keep reminding ourselves as much as needed. Yeah. I always say, I've said for nearly 30 years, choose freedom. Even if you have to choose freedom 10,000 times a day, that's 10,000 moments of freedom. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you just keep moving the attention off of the nonsense or the madness or the future fears, yes. right? You just keep moving the attention. Thank you for that, Catherine. Thank you. Hi, Catherine. I I don't know if you remember me. Um, I used, I went to see you in New York quite a bit, uh, maybe 2011, 2012. Yes, I do. And are you you still in New York or are you in Dublin or where? Still in New York. Uh-huh. in New York and yeah, uh, I do remember you yeah and I think um, I, I came a lot on my own but I also came with my at that time it was my partner but now my wife yes I, I don't know if you remember her yes I do remember you I do yeah. I, both of you yes yeah <laughs> um, I'm sorry Catherine to dump but I'm in it I'm really in it right now my wife is very sick um, oh yeah. Um, with, with, with what? Um, she's been diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. Uh, um, but it's, she has it uh, pretty bad, it seems. Uh, she's, been, she's, been doing, she's done a couple of cycles of chemo. Each cycle is like uh, 100 hours. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just seeing her suffer. It's, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I'm try- you know, I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm really showing up uh, on a level I didn't think I was even capable of, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, um, and I'm looking after, there is a lot of self-care. I get up early in the mornings and I, you know, I do a run and I do my meditation and I'm eating well and so I can be there for her. But it's uh, it's tough now. Today, um, like this week, she was supposed to do her third um, five day treatment, and uh, she was too sick to do it. She was very sick. Um, yeah. And um, today, like, uh, sorry, no, don't. But but I'm just a little shell shocked because today they did a CAT scan last night. Um, and today, like it's a Saturday here, so um, so not really somebody on the oncology team, but a doctor did come in and just said, you know, in passing, really kind of well, the CAT scan showed that the uh, lymphoma has progressed, you know, and you know that's uh, you know that that really rattled me, you know, um, sure. it's you know she's going through so much, in fact. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, my goodness. But uh, I remembered uh, that uh, the emails, and I remembered that you were on eight o'clock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, I I know how to experience that space. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. You know, it gets me on my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you're experiencing is grief, and and it's. It is totally welcome because you love and you're faced with a possibility, not a certainty, but a, a real possibility that you will lose the company of that, of that person that you so love. And everything you're doing in terms of keeping the self-care that you're doing in order for you to be strong and to be there for her and to find the reserves that you didn't know you had. All of that is just the outpouring of love. So all I can say to you is that there's nothing more that you can do and there's no shortcut through the grief. That grief comes with love and loss and even with the threat of the loss when it's so imminently in your face and when a doctor says those words to you however casually he said them you understood the importance of them and and of course that's going to trigger a layer you know i i i have noticed in my life with losing people who were very ill, there's some kind of way that there is a strange preparation going on almost subliminally, like an anticipatory grief that's going on at the same time as it's like layers of grief are coming along. And, um, and that's just part of this process and you're in it. So I would just say, don't, deny yourself any tears. I mean, if tears come, there they are. They're, they're, they're doing their work, actually. Do you know that tears, it turns out, have some kind of hormone that triggers a release of calming? Like they have, an, they have their own self-calming hormone in them. So when tears come, let them come. When sadness comes when their dreams come and in the meantime it sounds like what you're giving is exactly the medicine that is most needed in the whole equation which is you're showing up in love and the only thing i would add which i'm hesitant to do but i'm going to do is when somebody is in that process it's super helpful for the person who's with them, the caretaker who's with them, to not add on any fear to them. Grief is different. 
that's different. Of course, grief is there, but to not to not project on fear because it, they're already experiencing fear, and to to not add on a, the burden of your fear and panic, um, right? Just your grief is totally fair game. That's that's part of it, but but to really try as best you can to be quiet inside in the grief to let the grief be pure in itself and not be tagged on with a story of what about my life when you're gone right if you can i know it's a big ask but i tell i say this because just as an as an aside story one of my friends is a Dharma teacher. I have many Dharma teacher friends. One of my friends who's a Dharma teacher, there was a woman who was working as a cook at his retreats for years. And so he and she were quite good buddies. They were, she was the cook at his retreats. And anyway, she got diagnosed with liver cancer late in the game of it, late stage. And suddenly she had six weeks to live from the time of diagnosis. And in that, she was a single mom of a 16-year-old daughter. And the daughter was so freaked out, naturally, a 16-year-old losing her mother. But in the last days of this woman's life, the only person she could bear to have in the room was my friend. She couldn't have her daughter in the room. She would let her in a little bit, and then she'd have to leave because it was just too hard for the mother as she's dying, as she's doing, going through all that she was having to go through, to have someone there freaking out and clutching and saying, begging her not to die. So the person she wanted and had in the room mostly was my friend who would just sit and meditate in silence by her side. So that I just offer that for you, you know, and you're, otherwise, it just everything sounds exactly as it has to be. That the grief is arising, the tears are arising, and you're keeping yourself going, and you're being a stand-up guy in the process, and being a great love. Thank you, thank you, Catherine. This has been in the deep. We invite you to join us for any of the online Zoom sessions, which now occur two times monthly on the first weekend of each month. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider a donation for the monthly production and hosting costs. The donation button is on each page of our website, katherineingram.com. It would also be very helpful if you can give a review or even just a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. Till next time.